sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good greetings, everyone, this morning in Jesus' name. It's good to be here. Welcome to all the visitors. Tyler's, welcome back. Good to see you here. We have Leon's, and let's see, Corbin's. God bless you all and everyone else that's here. It's good to be in the house of God. I have been blessed being here this morning already. And in a sense, uh, amazed, humbled, blessed. And uh, yeah, thank you, Andrew, for that opening this morning. on loving God and loving our neighbor as ourself. And then, Larry, what you mentioned there about how do we know if we really have loved God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength? Well, I thought of that song. I looked it up, but I don't think it's in John, D's Mart- Martin, John D. Martin's book on I want to love him more. I think we have that cry. We have that heart. I think it will come out right. <clears throat> I want to love him more. <clears throat> So the title of the message this morning is uh, The Righteousness of God. It's a subject I have, been, uh, I have been looking into, pondering, meditating on prior for the last, or probably more, the last couple weeks. And so when I realized I was on this, this Sunday, why I, that's where I went. And uh, we weren't here Let's see here, third Wednesday night for Thanksgiving. We weren't here. We ended up going up to the hospital with Emily. But uh, just sitting there, we came home about midnight. But I had some time to ponder and just some sweet meditations. <clears throat> so we'll see what the Lord has for us here this morning. The righteousness of God. And, and maybe I'll just mention this yet and then we'll pray. Another verse that, uh, and I think I text this verse to you, I'm not sure when it was, it could have been a couple weeks ago already. We find it in Isaiah 32, it says, And the work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. And that, that verse just blessed me. It was an encouragement to me. Um, the work of righteousness shall be peace and the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. You want righteousness to be working in your life? You want the effects of that? I do. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Okay, well, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning in Jesus' precious name. Lord, we thank you that you are our God. We thank you that you're on the throne We thank you, Lord, that you love us. You first loved us. Oh, God, thank you for that great love that you had for each and every one of us, Lord. God, that we can be your children this morning, Lord. Thank you, God, for Jesus who came and gave his life, shed his blood, was willing to lay his life down so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. Oh, God, we thank you for that this morning, Lord. Yes, God, in light of the things that we heard, are hearing this morning, Lord, of, of loving God and loving Him more and loving our neighbor as ourselves and, and loving others. Oh, God, I pray, pour out Your Spirit upon us, God. It's not within us, Lord. The Adam that we were born with will not do that, God. And, and we know that, Lord. And I pray, Father, that it would become even more real, God, as we continue on looking in this subject of the righteousness of God. Father, apart from you, we are sunk, Lord. Apart from you, God, we can't do it, Lord. But Father, we thank you 
for the provisions that you have made for each and every one of us, God, that we can love you and that we can love our neighbor. Oh God, I pray, Father, that the, the law can be fulfilled in our lives, Lord. There is the righteousness of God real from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Oh God, I pray, Lord, that your righteousness truly would be seen, be heard, be, be manifested in and through our lives these days, dear God. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the word of God. And I pray, Lord, as we do some reading of the word here this morning first, God, I pray that you would bless the reading of the word. And God, I pray, Father, and then as we endeavor to expound, God, I pray that you would be here, that you would speak to us, O God, and that you would encourage our hearts, Lord, to believe what your word says, God, that it is possible, Lord. We don't have to live in the low land. We don't have to live in the, in the, in the, Oh God, where, where, where it doesn't work, but God, where, it, where your righteousness is working in our lives, God, in a very real way. Oh, Father, we pray for that, Lord. We thank you, God, for your, for your grace and for your power that is to usward who believe, God. We thank you, Father. Thank you for everyone that's here this morning. And Lord, pray too for those that cannot be here, God. We pray that you would be with them. Watch over them. Bless them. Meet their needs, O oh God, we pray. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I was vacillating a little bit, and maybe I still am, on uh, I was planning or thinking to read the Sermon on the Mount. And I was thinking uh, uh, Luke Miller, Leora's son, thought Leora was here, but uh, I think he came up here one time and he quoted the whole Sermon on the Mount, Brendan. You remember that? <clears throat> well, I won't be able to do that, <laughs> but I can read it, and uh, so I think we'll do that this morning and then make some, some uh, uh, comments. Uh, <clears throat> and again, the title is The Righteousness of God. And maybe the subtitle of that is, Is God's Righteousness Working in My Life? Is God's Righteousness Working in My Life? <clears throat> and so as we think of that title and as we read through the Sermon on the Mount here, um, yeah, my encouragement would be to think on uh, the righteousness of God and is God's righteousness working in my life. <clears throat> I'm going to have to put my glasses on. <clears throat> so let's, uh, let's read here in Matthew chapter 5. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven." Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt hath lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing." but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle 
and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass one jot or one tittle, showing no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment, and whoever shall say to his brother Rekha shall be in danger of the counsel, but whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hell fire. Therefore, if I bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, go thy way first, be reconciled to thy brother, then come and offer thy gift. Agree with thine adversary quickly, while thou art in the way with him, lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. Verily I say unto thee, thou shalt by no means come out thence, till thou hast paid the othermost farthing. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery, but I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. It hath been said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you, that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causes her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. Again ye have heard that hath been said by them of old time, Thou shalt not forswell thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oath. But I say unto you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black. But let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil." Ye have heard that it has been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. Ye have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same. And if you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. <clears throat> I'm not sure that I'm going to endeavor to read uh, all three chapters. <laughs> 
But I think we'll just leave it at that for the reading here. My uh, energy level is not very high this morning, I guess. But uh, there's much, there's much in the Sermon on the Mount here. And uh, I considered just reading the first chapter and I, so I guess that's what we'll do. But we all know, I, I trust that we all here know the, the, the Sermon on the Mount, what's in here. And it's a sermon that Jesus preached. And after he was done preaching, why it says that, uh, that uh, uh, and it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. So when Jesus spoke, and I, I, well, maybe I read some of this. Was it that he had a loud voice? What was it that he had authority? What was it that there was authority there? Was it that he spoke loud, or was it that he did this thing or that thing? And uh, just a little bit of the reading that I did, on uh, someone's thoughts, uh, the, the aspect of the scribes and the Pharisees, they had, I think Andrew, they had added to the law also, and it brought, could we say, confusion. And here Jesus, when He spoke, there was no confusion, it was clear. He spoke with authority. There was no confusion there. <clears throat> And uh, so when I speak, do I speak confusing things? Or is it, is it, is it uh, if it's too much of my own thoughts, it, it probably will be confusing. But Jesus, He spoke. He was God. He was Jesus in the flesh. And He was God and, and He was right. Andrew, He was right. And thinking about the, the title, The Righteousness of God, uh, I had listened to a message, I'm not sure, years ago on the, the, I think it was actually, maybe the title was The Righteousness of God, at least Righteousness, uh, about God being righteous. And God, everything that He does is righteous. He doesn't do anything wrong. Everything that He does is righteous. Is everything that I do righteous? I can't say that. But I want to press towards the mark. I want to be perfect even as my Father in heaven is perfect. And I trust you all do want that too. And so we have this subject of the righteousness of God. And the aspect of His God's righteousness working in my life. And I don't know that I struggled. I probably shouldn't say this. But this, it just seemed like it was a battle to preach or to prepare this message. And even, even maybe in uh, just breaking through, and it's almost like, is there an enemy against us that does not want us to understand? I know he doesn't. The enemy does not want us to have a revelation of the righteousness of God. He does not want us to understand, have a clear understanding of, of God's righteousness. And the way I understand this is, is, this is how I look at it. it. You know, faith cometh by hearing and hearing of the Word of God. And by having a, if you will, a understanding of the, of the, of the righteousness of God. God, everything that He does is, is right. It's righteous. And having understanding of God, that, that, and that it, uh, because faith cometh by hearing and hearing of the Word of God, there's, there's a cry that should come up out of our heart, which would be saying, Lord, I want to be more like You. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be righteous. My, my actions and my words and my deeds and whatever comes out of me, that it's righteousness. Is God's righteousness working in my life? Or is something else coming out? Is it Earl that's coming out? Is it Adam that's coming out? Is it Grandpa that's coming out? 
Is it who knows what that's coming out? Or is it the righteousness of God? God's righteousness. God is righteous. God is holy. God is on the throne. And Jesus came in the flesh and he preached this message, this sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. He preached it. And people were astonished. People said, here's a man who speaks with authority. it It was God who was speaking. He was able to blaze through the confusion of the day, if you will, and he came back to the course, or he came back to the source. And it's interesting, in light of what we heard this morning, and I know sometimes, I, I, I'll just be honest, sometimes I, I tremble a little bit when we, when we just talk about the love of God. Because there's an aspect out there that, that is all this lovey-dovey stuff that there's no reality to it. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the righteousness of God. We're ta- and I trust that Andrew was talking about the true love of God. The love of God that, that truly loves its brother, truly loves its neighbor. <clears throat> the righteousness of God. Is God's righteousness working in my life? Is God's righteousness working out in your life, my brother, my sister? So then, of course, the question is, so what is righteousness? Or probably would be the the question to ask. So what is righteousness? And we have these verses in the Sermon on the Mount. 5, 6, where it says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And then we have 5.20 where it says, For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's pretty strong language, Andrew. That's pretty strong language. I have listened to a message where it, on, on the Sermon on the Mount where I have appreciated the, the preacher, but it almost seems it comes through a little bit like it's probably the doctrine once saved, always saved. That maybe tints it, I don't know. But to me, as I, as I, as I look at this verse, to give the idea that we, can, we, can, we are saved, but God's righteousness is not being worked out in our lives, to me, that's too fuzzy. Yes, God's righteousness. How to say Abraham believed God and was imputed unto him for righteousness and put to his account. But Abraham continued to walk in faith and that thing worked out. There was a working out of that. It wasn't just that, that, that he got this robe of righteousness and now all God sees is this robe and, and this person underneath here can do whatever he does. We know all that. That's not, we don't believe that. And then we have the other verse here in uh, chapter 6 where it says, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Brother, sister, Are we seeking God and His righteousness? Is that the first thing? Let's put first things first. And I know I have to say, you know, maybe one of the challenges was for me in just preparing is because, uh, you know, I, I see my areas of need. And that's not bad. That's not bad. I want to grow. I want to... Uh, don't, if you're sitting here this morning and you feel like, a, like, like you, you're way below. Well, <clears throat> we are. We are. We're not where we should be. 
But that doesn't mean we have to be discouraged. The aspect is, is that as we see what Jesus lays out here in the Sermon on the Mount, we see what God's righteousness is and, and, God is, and, God, and Jesus is, is encouraging us to press in, to hunger, to thirst, to seek. He doesn't say, well, you're not there, so out the door you go. That's not God. But I tell you, for those who have a heart to seek after God, uh, 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 seek, seek God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm, I think I'm getting verses scrambled together there. <clears throat> the righteousness of God. <clears throat> Let's seek God and His righteousness. <clears throat> and then going back again to the uh, verse there in uh, Isaiah. The work of righteousness shall be peace and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. Again, a couple weeks ago, that verse just really, it encouraged my heart. And uh, if, uh, let me just say it this way. Well, it says it. The work of righteousness shall be peace in the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. The work of righteousness shall be peace. In the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. So if righteousness is working, the result is peace, is quietness, and assurance forever. Mm. Mm. So we're looking at this thing of righteousness. We're talking about hungering and thirsting after righteousness. Seeking first things first. And that, you know, that's a, that's a, uh, for all of us to consider. Am I putting God first or his other things first? It's okay, Jennifer and Seth. I know you're getting married. So. <laughs> but overall, you still want God first, right? Amen. There is things that we have to do. There is things we have to do. But let's keep first things first. Let's keep the the horse in front of the cart and not the other way around. So again, okay, what I mentioned earlier, so what is righteousness? Um, are we hungering after righteousness, but we really have no idea what we're hungering after? You know, have you ever been somewhere? I know I have a memory of years ago we were somewhere and, and, and people were laughing and someone uh, asked this other person, so what are you laughing about? Well, he said, others are laughing, so I'm laughing. He really didn't know what, well, maybe he was laughing because others were laughing, I suppose. Uh, but he didn't know why the others were laughing. <clears throat> and maybe that's a poor example, but can it be possible that we, we can lift up this thing of hungering and thirsting after righteousness, but we really don't know what we're thirsting after. Is that possible? Is that possible? You know, somebody can get excited about something and, you know, get everyone all stirred up about it, but it could be like one of those in the back. So what, what, what are they hungering and thirsting after? Well, I really don't know, but I'm excited about it. What is righteousness? Well, it's very interesting to me as I pondered this, the, 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 this passage here in uh, the Sermon on the Mount, or the Sermon, yes, the Sermon on the Mount as I pondered it. Um, you know, Jesus, he spoke, and uh, there's six different times here where it says, uh, 
It hath been said, but I say unto you. Okay, let me back up here. There is five times where he says, ye have heard. And one time he says kind of the same thing, but it says it a little different. It hath been said. But all six times he comes and then he says, but I say unto you. But I say unto you. It hath been said, or ye have heard, but I say unto you. And, and in light of, Andrew, your, your opening there where, you know, the scribes and the Pharisees, they added things to the law. And, and can I, in light of what I said about making, bringing confusion, you know, where Jesus just brought it back, if you will, to the source again. <clears throat> but I say unto you. And I had spent some time yesterday morning on uh, just looking at uh, <clears throat> those six points. But the last one I kind of just ran up against and I wasn't sure and I didn't feel like I had the time to really dig into it. But it's the, the, the verse there in uh, uh, 40, 43. You have heard that it been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. And the way I had been going here, I, was, I, was, I, I put it down here on these six different points. Or where I was going with it is, the law says what righteousness says. And then when I, when I came to that, I wasn't sure that I want to use the law says. So I was, maybe I was confused. <laughs> but, but Jesus would have said very clearly, it hath been said. So whether there was some twist, I think there probably was some in, in some of those. I, I didn't take the time to study it out. <clears throat> But just to see the contrast, it hath been said not to kill. Righteousness says not get angry. No name calling, going the second mile to make wrongs right. It hath been said not to commit adultery. Righteousness says no lustful look. Radical action taken to keep your members righteous. It hath been said, if a divorce, giving a writing of divorcement. Righteousness says, love your wife like Christ loved the church. That's a high calling for us husbands. Do I love my wife the way Christ loved the church? It hath been said, don't swear falsely. Righteousness says, swear not at all, but live your life that it harmonizes with your words. Yes, yes, no, no. And that was actually touched on this morning already. That our life corresponds with our words. That I don't say one thing and then do another. It hath been said, justice being fair and reasonable. Righteousness says, resist not evil. Rather than resist, give. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Jesus gave His life so that we could have life. We have the opportunity to show forth righteousness to those that oppose us. And then the last one here that I didn't jot down. Um, you have heard that it's been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But righteousness says, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. And uh, we could keep reading there. The last part there is, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. And I, I have probably mentioned this before already up here, but the whole aspect of, in the natural, it's, love, it's easy to love those that are like us. 
But it's harder to love those that are not like us, especially those that oppose us, especially those that are against us or, or whatever. It takes the righteousness of God. It takes more than what we have in ourselves. <clears throat> and I had another, another thing here about our enemies. Give your enemies every proof that you love them. If you have someone that uh, you know is, uh, is, uh, you know is your enemy, we ha- you have an opportunity. I have an opportunity to show that person that I truly love them. How do I do that? How do I go about that? Well, first of all, righteousness needs to be working in my life. If that's not there, yeah, it's not going to come out right. We can even have the, if you will, the do's and the don'ts, but it's still not going to come out right. Because somehow, if I see this right, somehow self is still there and trying to manipulate, trying to do whatever to still be on the top. And, And your enemy will pick that up. He will pick that up that you're, you're actually not loving him. You're loving yourself is really what it comes down to. <clears throat> May God have mercy on us. May God help us. Is God's righteousness working in my life? <clears throat> well, I had another list of things here because of God's righteousness. Uh, there's different things here in this, uh, in this sermon. I'm not sure. I hope I'm not overlapping here. I might a little bit. Because of God's righteousness. And this is in chapter 6. Because of God's righteousness, we don't do things to be seen of men. Do, you, do we do things to be seen of men? You know, it talks there about prayer and almsgiving and fasting. Uh, do we do it to be seen of men or do we do it because uh, we love God and we love the person that we're helping or, uh, yeah. <clears throat> because of God's righteousness, we pray to our Father in heaven not to be seen of men. And there we have the Lord's prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. <clears throat> When I'm, when, I'm, when I'm praying, am I praying to my Father? Am I praying to do my duty? Or am I praying, if, you're, if we pray publicly, are we praying to be seen of men? Because of God's righteousness, we will be praying to our Father in heaven. Because of God's righteousness, we will lay up treasures in heaven. Because of God's righteousness, we, won't, we don't serve mammon or money. Because of God's righteousness, we don't get anxious about tomorrow. And maybe I'll just uh, uh, stop there a little bit or zero in on that a little bit. Uh, Because of God's righteousness. We don't get anxious about tomorrow. Jesus says, take no thought for tomorrow. And then that verse uh, that we quoted already, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek, uh, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. If we are seeking God and His righteousness... um, We don't have to worry. We don't have to be anxious. We can trust that God will take care of us. Praise the Lord. Because of God's righteousness working out in our lives, we are not judgmental. That's in chapter 7. Because of God's righteousness, our prayers are answered. Because of God's righteousness working in our lives, we're able to discern false prophets. Because of God's righteousness, 
working in our lives, He will know us. That verse that says, Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, I never knew you. There was no righteousness being worked out in that person's life. They did not know God. Even though they were doing a lot of good things. But somehow that the God didn't know them. They did not come to God to get that, uh, if you will, first of all, salvation. And uh, uh, second of all, there was no drawing on God to, uh, to, for life. Righteousness was missing. <clears throat> Because of God's righteousness, our house will stand. Because of righteousness, and we touched on this already, the last one, there will be authority. Because of God's righteousness working in our lives. Now I'm going to try to to, uh, close this, or we're going to try to close here. uh, Or in the closing here, I would just like to Have us think about Jacob a little bit this morning. Jacob, in the Old Testament there, had quite the journey. And there was a day that he came, or a day that came that he found himself up against. He had a brother that was, uh, he wasn't looking forward to see Esau. There was a day that, uh, going back, from uh, uh, something happened there to where, uh, yeah, the whole birthright thing, and and Esau hated Jacob, and he said that he's going to kill him after his father died, and and the grieving, I think, was over. And with that, Jacob uh, left or fled. So now, coming back many years later, he was going to meet his brother, Esau, and he was not ready for it. And if we know the account of Jacob, he did a lot of things. You know, he, he uh, did a lot of different things there. But this time, it seemed like he was up against. He was up against. And we know the account there where he wrestled with an angel all night. And he said, uh, I will not let thee go till you bless me. I will not let you go till you bless me. He found himself up against. He, did, he even did different things where he divided, you know, where uh, I just read into it a little bit this morning. He, he divided uh, where Joseph was with one group. I think he was the last, the way behind. So um, it seemed like maybe there was some favoritism there. I'm not sure. But anyways, uh, But Jacob there was wrestling with God. And he said, I will not let you go till you bless me. So what really was was he asking for? What What blessing was he asking for? I will not let thee go till you bless me. He needed something from God, did he not? Did he get it? Well, I think we know the answer. Didn't the angel there touch his thigh and he went away limping, but something happened there. Speaking on the aspect of brokenness, different ones have used that example of where Jacob was a broken man. And I think Kendrick had a children's lesson, I forget when it was, and talked about that. Uh, it was a beautiful, the whole aspect of reconciliation. And who changed? Was it Esau or was it Jacob? I would like to think that something happened in Jacob that was not there before. And he cried out to God and he said, Lord, I will not let you go till you bless me. I want this this relationship to be healed. I want this relationship to be taken care of. Is that what it was? Well, it worked out that way anyways because uh, there was no no arrows flying or uh, people killed. 
Well, I want to encourage us this morning to be like Jacob. I will not let thee go till you bless me. Do you sense your lack of righteousness being worked out in your life? Do you sense your lack of the righteousness of God being revealed in and through your life? Let's be like Jacob. Let's not, let's not be discouraged. Let's not just sit, well, this is just the way Grandpa was, so therefore I guess that's just the way it is. No, it doesn't have to be that way. <clears throat> well, we read in Hebrews 11, 11, 21. If I can quickly find that. <clears throat> By faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning upon the top of his staff. Let me read it again. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning upon the top of his staff. And what I get out of that is that, first of all, that worship thing really stood out to me. There, Jacob was worshiping. And what was he doing while he was worshiping? He was leaning upon his staff. He was no more leaning on Jacob. Now he was leaning on, if you will, a picture of leaning on God. He had come to the place where it's no more Jacob didn't work. But now, I I need God. I need God. So here we have that beautiful, if you will, picture in Hebrews. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed... I'm sorry. Yes, by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. And now I'd like to yet look a little bit at Philippians 3, where Paul says, uh, instead of reading the whole thing, uh, I'm just going to look at a couple of verses here. Philippians 3, it says, uh, For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. This is Paul's testimony. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was, if you will, uh, on the top rung, if you will. But there was a day that God uh, opened uh, Saul's eyes and and he repented. And he found the Lord Jesus. And And then he says in verse 8, Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. And be found in Him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His suffering, being made conformable unto His death. If by any means I may attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Verse 13, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. This was Paul's testimony. Oh, that I might know him. He knew what it was to have the righteousness of the law. But once he found Christ, he was hungering and thirsting after righteousness. He was seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. He knew what it was to have the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. But now all of a sudden he saw something bigger. What did he all see there? Why well, was there in the, what, where was he, backside of the desert or whatever after his conversion? What, what revelation did he get of God? Well, maybe I should say this yet before I completely close. The burden of this message came out of uh, my own burden for wanting that there's this aspect of 
doing things. There's this aspect of responding. There's this aspect of uh, saying things. How can we do these things so that they come out right? Well, that's where I come back to this whole thing of having God's righteousness be working out in our lives and seeing our need of God and leaning on the staff like Jacob did, having no confidence in ourselves, having no confidence in our flesh, but that our confidence is in the living God. And this whole aspect of righteousness, let me say it again, I think I quoted it already here this morning, but it says in Romans, Therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. God's righteousness is revealed or manifested through our lives as we walk by faith. And sometimes I think we get this idea that we get Christ and now we kind of are on our own or I'm not sure how to say it properly, but you probably know what I mean. You know, but somehow this aspect of abiding in the vine and, 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 and having that a vital connection with God needs to be real if we want this true righteousness to be part of our lives is the bottom line. And sometimes I feel like I'm repeating myself. So let us be like Jacob. Let us be or say, I will not let thee go till thou bless me. If you sense your need, be like Jacob. That we are broken from self and lean on the Lord. Why? So that God's righteousness can work in my life. So may God have His way in our hearts and our lives. I hope I didn't bring this message in a way that it's, it, it, it presses us down. But rather, my, my heart is, is to stir us up, to hunger and thirst, to seek after God. He is there waiting for us, each one of us. So may God bless you as you hunger and thirst after righteousness and seek God, God's kingdom and His righteousness these coming days.